Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a secret that the Montourage ladies have struggled with their mental health, and we're not alone. Maternal mental health is a major issue in the United States. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Our kids deserve happy parents, and we deserve to be happy. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Or Maybe the pressures of having a child and this pandemic have made you realize that things are not okay and now is a good time to start talking about it. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. Digital health is bigger than ever now during this pandemic. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we have a special offer for Momtourage listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash momtourage. That's betterhelp.com slash momtourage. And thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Hi, friends. Salutations. Well, we've got a great show for you today. We are talking to Sarah Merrill Hall of the podcast Bottle Service. We're talking to her about being an influencer, being a mom, and loving the drink. I mean, obviously, we love the drink. She loves the drink. Bring it on. And then we're talking about weird trends with animals and birth. Yeah, it sounds as weird as the way that I'm saying it. We're going there. And it's also just weird. It's just weird. As always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, small young child. The tits and the sits. Firstly, I need to correct something. We were listening to our Valentine's Day episode on our way to our date night this past week. Matt heard me say on the thing that like Meatloaf wrote that Celine Dion song Mm -hmm. and he went, oh, no. And I got so upset. I was like, "Okay, well, your response to that literally just ruined date night for me. I'm angry with you and I want to cry. I feel so publicly shamed even (laughs) though this happened in private. So look, he told me who the person is. I don't remember their name. They're not famous. But from now on, I'm not going to talk about anything my husband tells me because (laughs) God forbid I get it wrong. And Sully, his music supervisor name career. So fuck me. I was wrong. I guess that's my shits is Mm -hmm. that you are publicly but not publicly shamed. Exactly. Does this happen to you? So we had this date night. My parents said, hey, we're going to be there. Why don't you and Matt take a date night? And I was like, holy shit. They almost never ask that. So we booked a hotel in the city. Matt like made all the plans. He would ask me questions. And I was like, I will show up. I'll look cute. That's it. And so every time we have a date night, which is like maybe we have two or three a year, a lot of times we end up getting into a fight at the beginning. It happens with us too. Yeah. And we don't fight that often. We really don't fight that often. You guys fight. 
fight more than we do. So I just feel like it's kind of weird. And I realized what it was because they're so seldom. I feel all this pressure for it to be perfect. And like my mom was here and I was like, mom, I can't figure out what to wear. My mom came and helped me get dressed. And then I was like, I remembered why I don't like my mom helping me get dressed because she like pushes things I don't want to wear. So anyway, those are my shits. Here's another thing. Can we get a like, like breaking news, Sam? Breaking news. We are in peak dicks on television times, friends. What? Tell me about some dicks you've seen recently. Oh my God. Well, I started Euphoria because all the kids talk about it on the talks. I was very scared to watch it because everyone was like, don't do it if you're a parent. But it's actually, it's a great show. I get why it's scary as a parent. But in terms of the story, it's really, really fascinating. Tons of dicks. The Tommy Lee Pamela thing. Pam and Tommy, his dick hole talks. It moves and talks to him. I was like, I can't. We had to turn it off. I was like, this is, I can't. You had to turn it this. off? I love it. I think I was it's like, so good. I like his dick talking? I can't. Oh, I think it's so good. Matt and I are totally into Pam and Tommy. Lee and I were like, I don't know about this. I think they are so good like he is a great Tommy Lee and I was very against her as Pamela Anderson I was like this chick doesn't make any sense but I think she's great the amount of self tanner that she poorly has on in that show and you know her boobs are prosthetic boobs yes how do you even do that movie magic baby I'm sure his penis is prosthetic too also, Dick on this past Righteous Gemstones episode. Oh, I haven't watched I don't know if you watched that. that. No. I love that show. There's just dicks all over television. I love it. What, what a time, time to be alive. alive. Yes. And it, you know what? It's not like I particularly want to look at dicks all the time. I'm not like a guy who loves boobs all the time. But it's like fair, fair. We should be yes. like even Stevens. I think you're actually seeing more dicks than you're seeing boobs at this point. Great. I'm here for it. Okay, so I have my surgery on Thursday. It's finally happening. My doctor told me, and I guess I just didn't realize, that I can't do any heavy lifting for two months and I can't do yoga for like three weeks. You can walk. Yeah, I'm like, what? I really was thinking since it's my nose and it's not like my leg or whatever, I was not thinking that it was gonna be like that much recovery. So anyway, I'm just like recalibrating now because I just got my like pre-op appointment for Thursday and they were like, yeah, it's major surgery. I was like, I was trying to make it in my mind that it was like not that big. Like, yeah, like, (laughs) that's fine. And they're like, no, it's like pretty major surgery I was like, cool. They're like, then they gave me an EKG. I'm like, oh shit, you're checking my heart to make sure I'm like, okay enough to have the surgery. Well, fuck me. So that was that. Now I'm nervous. And they told me I can't take my medicinal marijuana for the next three days. So I'm just going to live in anxiety. Before or after? Before. After you can take it? Yeah. But for now, I'm just going to live in anxiety until the surgery. My tits are, I've got a couple tits here for you. Okay. One is I've been enjoying my child Ooh, to bring it back to the lovely. children. I've been kind of enjoying Luna. As, the minute I say it, it's going to be a mess later today, I'm sure. But I'm happy for that. Like, again, I dare not even hardly mention it because it'll probably all go to shit in a second. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had a solo city day where I got my hair trimmed. It doesn't look like anything because it was just a trim. And I got another piercing in my ear. I went to Maria Tosh, the place that you love to go to. And I had an ear styling where they tell me what mismatch earrings look best on my ears. I couldn't afford all the things that they wanted. But No, it's very expensive. The one earring that I really want. I'm going to ask for like my birthday or whatever. My second hole that I got like probably when I was 13 years old at a piercing pagoda in Egg Harbor Township. As someone who has OCD, I have looked in the mirror every day and been like, oh, the fucking piercing. Like every day. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me. I've tried to let it close. It just, that bitch will not close. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't occur to me to just get another piercing. 
I think it's common now-ish. It's called like a stacked lobe, but it makes it all look like it was meant to be there. And it's funky. And I'm like, oh God, I feel so much better about this piercing. But I also sort of feel like, I guess this is the shits. I feel like if you were to look at my actions in the last month, you'd be like, whoa, this girl's having a midlife crisis. I mean, I guess that's true. I'm like, I'm getting a nose job and a new piercing and I'm almost (laughs) 44. I just, when I stepped back, I was like, this isn't, I'm not doing it because I'm having a midlife crisis. I'm always this girl. But I was like, oh, if I were to step back, I think people might think that I'm having some sort of break or something. But also, fuck it. Who cares if someone thinks Fuck it. Who cares? I'm getting a nose job at 43 and another piercing. If you are having a midlife crisis, also fuck it. Right. You're entitled. Men do it all the time and they do all kinds of fucked up things. You just got your ears pierced and a nose job. Like, really? That's not hurting anyone. Exactly. So there you have it, folks. Those are my tits and chills. All right. Momtourage review of the week. You want to do it today? Sure. You may not be able to do voices for a little bit with your nose job. I know. I'm going to do fake French. Montrage review of the week. We're going to read these reviews until we get to 1,000. We're not even at 200. So, bitches, get on it. Please, please. If you want me to live for my nose job, you better do the reviews. <laughs> My sister told me about this podcast, and I was hesitant at first because I'm not a mom. Then I listened, and it's not just about mom stuff. They are hysterical. Great info and super fun. Like, I couldn't tell if we were going Freud or like, ooh la la, Sachlen Blue, you know? I mean, I'm just holding on for dear life. And that's from <laughs> D.B. Verg. D.B. Verg, reach out, and we'll uh, send you some French and non-French swag. Bonjour. Bonjour. Up next, Sarah Merrill Hall. Today's guest, Sarah Merrill Hall, is a comedian, influencer, content creator, podcaster, and soon-to-be mom. She is the woman behind Big Kid Problems, as well as the podcast Bottle Service. Welcome, Sarah, and person inside her body. Hi, Sarah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to other moms. I feel like I'm like one of my few friends in my friend group that are having a baby, so I'm pumped to chat with you guys. We kind of started this podcast, actually, because we didn't like mom shit. And all the mom podcasts were like boring. Yes. And we were like, ugh, this is not what we want to listen to. We want like a little mom info, but really we just want to feel like a person. And so that's kind of why we started this podcast, actually. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I can already sense like even just being pregnant for six months. I'm like, this shit takes over your life. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of fun stuff to talk about before this. And now like it's all I think about and it's really annoying. It's <laughs> all the fun stuff yeah. is done. Like you are done. Yeah. My son's four and a half and I'm still in it. So let's back up. You have done a million and one things. All of them are pretty big deals. Tell us about what you've done so far, why you're an influencer, what's made you famous, all of that fun stuff. Oh, man. Okay, so I guess I got on the radar early on in the Instagram game as uh, for Big Kid Problems, which if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's kind of like a comedic account. It's all about not wanting to adult. I make my own memes. It's like memes, right? Yeah, I make my own memes. It's basically a collection of like memes tweets, you know, TikToks and all of that shit. Just like funny content about not wanting to be an adult. And I started it back in college. So back when I was 22 years old, I started it on Twitter and then moved it over to Instagram. Wow. Blog. Now my podcast, Big Kid Problems, and now my second pregnancy podcast, Bottle Service. But that's really where it started was just on Big Kid Problems, which is so funny to think about because back when I was 22, my quote unquote problems are a lot different than they are now. But <laughs> jokes on you. You actually have a big kid problem. 
problem right now, and it's called pregnancy. It's like the biggest big kid problem I've ever had in my life. Yeah. It literally never goes away. I'm just going to cry. You guys continue. (laughs) (laughs) So to clarify, you have two podcasts. Two separate ones. I feel bad because the original big kid problem audience is like, you know, it spans. It spans the gamut of like people in their, you know, early 20s, mid 20s, early 30s. And I didn't want to just like start going crazy on all the pregnancy content and isolate a lot of the people that follow my account. So I just decided to make them two separate things. I wanted to really have a house where I could just talk all things pregnancy and not filter it and really just like let it all go. So that's why I just created a completely separate thing. Nice. And I'm like, anybody who's interested in pregnancy, anybody who is pregnant, anybody who has a partner who's pregnant, a sister, cousin, whatever it is, and wants to learn more about it, come to bottle service. My account has been following my life for over 10 years and I have to talk about it a little bit. Absolutely. Right. Try to appease everybody, but fact of the matter is this is the shit that's going on and it is a big, big kid problem. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk about it a little bit. I guess circling back even to big kid problems, like why did you start that podcast? What is the kind of content on that podcast? Podcast came probably like six or seven years after my account. So, you know, on Instagram, on Twitter, I've been telling these jokes for years, making fun of my own life. And like I said, my problems kind of evolved over time. Like in my early 20s, it was a lot of jokes about being super, super broke. In my mid 20s, it was a lot about like dating assholes and getting ghosted and like hating my corporate job and like showing up late to work, you know, like all of those things, like it kind of progressed along with me. And then it was on the precipice actually of my 30th birthday. And I had moved, I had just done a huge move. I moved from New York City to California to be with my now husband. Well, glad that worked out because sometimes those big moves (laughs) don't. I did that. That was not great. I was scared. I'm not going to lie. But moved to California, went from having like a really like awesome, fun social life and a million friends to having zero friends and like not knowing what to do with my time. And at the time I loved podcasts. Like I'm a big podcast listener. It's really been like anybody who listens to podcasts, I think knows, but it's such a great tool. Like I've learned so much. I started my own business in my late twenties and I basically learned everything from podcasting, but I always wanted to create a podcast. And I kept thinking back, looking at some of my older content and seeing some of the jokes that I used to write in my early twenties, mid twenties. And then coming from like a 30 perspective, I was like, I actually have some life wisdom and some things that I would want to say to that girl who was writing these jokes about getting dumped, about hating her job. Like there's actually like some stuff here that I can work with and that we can right. make some shows about. <laughs> so that was the idea of the podcast is I really wanted to take the big kid problems and like help solve them. And then not just through me, but bringing in experts, bringing in like different people to kind of talk about a big kid problem each episode and help solve it. So that was kind of the idea for that. Because hindsight is twenty twenty, So you're your own hindsight. For sure. And I've made a ton of <laughs> mistakes. Um, I've done a lot of things wrong. I've learned from the experience. It's fun to kind of go back and like look at some of these big kid problems and be like, if this is your issue, like here, let's freaking dive in and help you guys solve it because it's not the end of the world. (laughs) So you're pregnant. You said you're six months along now. Six months pregnant. I cannot believe I've made it this long, guys. I'm like celebrating. I'm actually, I feel really good making it to six months because it feels like an accomplishment. Yeah, it does. And this is your first, correct? like your first pregnancy? Oh yeah, first, possibly last. Okay, yeah, I mean, we're both one and done. <laughs> we'll talk more about that. We're yeah. one and done. You are, okay. How you feeling about all of it? What's your big mom fear right now? Tell me all of it. Because I'm a little bit older in the game, I thought it was going to take a long time to get pregnant, which is like why- Me too. Yeah, the second we got married, like literally we got married on June 12th and our joke was we're going to start trying June 13th. Like we started right away. I got pregnant pretty much the first month we tried, which was crazy. And I'm so 
grateful and thankful that it happened that way. But it's also, it shocked me. I was like not prepared that it would happen that fast. I could have not had it happen that fast. I wanted it to take like four or five, six months. I wanted to enjoy like early married life. Like I just, I just yeah. got back from my honeymoon and like that, that happens. It was faster than I had expected. Yeah, yeah I know it did. <laughs> I got to tell you, my husband and I were married for a year and I wasn't sure I wanted to have a kid. I had kind of like committed to, I don't really see us getting old with a child. I see it just being us. There was no birth control. We weren't using condoms because we're married. Apparently one day he just decided, sorry, dad, if you're listening, don't listen to this part. One day he just decided to like not pull out. And that was literally the time. That was it. And I remember just like looking at him and being like, all right. And after that, I was like, okay, well, I guess we should have had more of a conversation about that. Oh man, it's not going great, to be honest. Like I thought I would be one of those people who liked being pregnant. Like I just looked at it as like a time to like chill, eat, whatever you want. Like I didn't expect to just be so uncomfortable in my own body. Like everything feels off. My intestines, you know, are up like in my chest. Like I feel crowded. I can't do anything that I normally do. I hate that. Like I'm a creative brain. I feel like my brain is soup. Yeah. (laughs) Like I can't like use it. I can't do the things that usually bring me joy. I'm slow. My pregnancy brain went away a little bit. It did go back to normal for me. So there is some hope. Okay. I am a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. And I thought that the after having the baby would be worse. I thought the pregnancy, because I practice yoga every day and I'm like very fit, I thought, okay, that part I'll like recognize how a pregnancy keeps you in the present moment. I got fat hands and fat feet. I lost feeling in my hands and my feet for most of my pregnancy and afterwards and had to start wearing men's shoes. Oh, wow. For most of my pregnancy. And I was like, this is not what I had planned. I really like having a baby, but trying to get it out was trash. But actually having her out in the world is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right now really excited to just have the baby and like be able to hold him and all of those things. Like just having him inside of me, I'm ready for that to be over. But at the same time, I'm like, stay in there. A girlfriend of mine was just telling me recently because she kind of felt the same way I do where you're like itching to just get this baby out. And she's like, honestly, enjoy it because you think that that's the light at the end of the tunnel, but then you have a freaking newborn on your hands. And then like the real shit starts. And then the (laughs) newborn turns into a toddler and like it doesn't, there is no end to this journey. How is your pregnancy in a pandemic? Not great. Just to go along with the rest of it. I mean, it it really sucks because I think it takes away from a lot of the excitement part of the pregnancy. Like, I can't really, like, see my family. Like, I haven't even seen my side of the family my whole pregnancy, which blows because my dad's, like, super immunocompromised and traveling is hard. You don't want to, like, travel for not necessary reason. I actually did get COVID early in my pregnancy. So that was fun. (laughs) For somebody who is, like, anxious and neurotic normally, when I found out I was positive, with COVID, I had like a nervous breakdown. I talked about it actually on bottle service and a lot of people have reached out to me that they're like, it helps them to know that somebody else went through it because it is scary and you're like, what have I done to my baby? Yeah, yeah. But from what I've heard and even my doctor told me this, they're like, the way that the virus is, is it's temporary. It's not going to have like lasting effects. They're like, we've delivered so many healthy babies that their mom had COVID during pregnancy. When I was pregnant, almost the entire time I was like, hey guys, how's 
going? And they're like, why are you? I'm like, sorry, I'm pregnant. Like, I just couldn't breathe at all. Yeah, that was like the biggest concern that my doctor told me. She's like, look out for fevers because you obviously don't want your body temperature to be super high because that's bad for baby. And the trouble breathing. She's like, if you really can't breathe, like get to a hospital. Okay, so you married into a wine family, correct? This is like basically a dream come true for Carrie and I. How has that been? (laughs) Have you loved wine? What are the perks of marrying into a wine family? How do we do the same thing? Just all the wisdom. Yeah, guys, no, I hit the fucking jackpot. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But he's not, I don't like saying a wine family because actually my husband, Brandon, him and his friends actually worked for a really large wine company. And then they, it was like six of them branched off and decided to create their own wine brand. Awesome. So they're first generation wine brand makers, which is like even more impressive, I think. That gave me more of a lady boner actually than being married into it because it shows that he's like a boss man doing his own thing. And still probably rich with an unlimited supply of wine. The wine business is a little bit harder than you probably think. (laughs) Probably. um, I'm really proud of him. I've romanticized it. Yeah. And shout out, it's One Hope Wine. So if anyone doesn't know it, not only is it like a wine company, but they also give back to different charities with every bottle. So I'm like, I've got a philanthropist with a wine connection. That's amazing. Yes. And he's hot. He's pretty cute. So because they were a new wine brand and they had to literally sell wine out of the back of their cars for like the first like five years that they were in business, he took the Southeast region. So he was kind of based in Nashville like 15 years ago and would drive all over the South and sell just different stores and all of that. So he fell in love with Nashville 15 years ago. And when we started dating, we both lived in New York City. And he's like, by the way, I eventually want to live in Nashville. And I was like, that's funny. I'll never do that. (laughs) But Nashville's awesome. I really, really love it. The housing market is tough. It's just been skyrocketing. We bought our house actually like right before the pandemic. And it was supposed to be an Airbnb. We were going to buy a house, turn it into an Airbnb, and then live part-time Nashville, part-time in California because his wine business is based out of California. And then with COVID, they basically shut their office down in California. Everybody works remotely. He's like, we could just work remote. So let's live in like this now beautiful house that we just bought in Nashville. It's amazing. So that worked out. I feel like I need to ask, were you always a wine drinker? Like when you had big kid problems now turned into bottle service, what is your drink of choice in general? And has it changed from your 20s to now your 30s? Oh yeah. My drink has changed for sure. Oh yeah. Changed numerous times. For the longest times, I was a vodka soda girl. Then I turned into a tequila soda girl. Then I was all about um, espresso martinis. Mm. Mm. Love an espresso martini. Was this in 1999, early 2000? Period. <laughs> espresso martinis are the current Negroni. They are like- They're hot right really? now. The drink right now. That is what every like cool person Because that's what I was drinking in yes. 1998. Listen, I bet after this, we're going back to Cosmos. But right now, it is very much about the espresso martini. Yeah. Oh. And it's funny how they like cycle through. Yeah. When it came to wine, Brandon always likes to laugh about this. Because when we first met, like I used to just drink Pinot Grigio. Like that was the only wine I drank, which is like a dry, you know, white wine. I'm a Sauve Blanc girl. I get it. Yeah, I like Sauve Blanc. But I like never touched red wine. And now I'd like to think I have a pretty refined palate. That's good. (laughs) That's the best part of this whole thing is he's like, oh, we're going to try out this new varietal of wine. And here's a couple different samples. And we kind of get to like try throughout the creative process and like figure out what we like. So I've definitely become more of a wino over the years. But like in my heart, in my true heart, I was a a born and raised. Florida girl chugging Pinot Grigio out of a Franzia box. Do you 
miss your life pre-pregnancy? And if so, what do you miss most? Give us your top whatever, three, four. Top is easily just like the freedom to travel and like do whatever the hell I want whenever I want. I miss that a lot. And I miss just, yeah, being able to travel extensively. Like even just, we flew over the holidays and I'm like, I can't get on an airplane. Like it's just really, really uncomfortable. I don't want to fly anywhere right now. Like we were planning a baby moon. I'm like, I don't even know if I have that in me to get on an airplane and go to a vacation, which like, that's all I ever wanted to do ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like the rest of my life. I could have kept living my life for another 10 years easily without kids. That just wasn't the reality. And I knew I kind of had to get started. I still have thoughts all the time. I mean, right when I saw that pregnancy test that was positive, it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, oh my God, like everything as I know it is going to be different. Hopefully when this pandemic's over, you can, I mean, last minute trips sometimes, maybe it just depends how free wheeling you are. But Lee and I did a lot of last minute, hey, let's just go to California in a week. Okay, let's go to Puerto Rico for a month and work remotely from Puerto Rico with our baby. Okay, we did that. Uh, Yes, that's what I want. That's what we did. This is pre-pandemic. Like, let's go for a month. We'll fly my mom down for two weeks where we have to really work hard. And the other two weeks will just be us and our family. And yes, I couldn't climb this one mountain I wanted to with a baby because too many risks of falling rock, whatever. But everything else I could do with my baby, it was fine. Like there is hope, like a light at the top. Yeah, I love to hear that. And another good thing I will say is we moved to Nashville and my husband, Brandon, moved his mom to Nashville and she is chomping at the bit to babysit this kid. Like she's been waiting a very long time to be grandma. That's a game changer. It's a game changer. We're like really lucky that we have her too. Good. Yeah. Okay, so this is a question that we ask everybody, every mother, and I know you haven't had your child yet, but this already applies to you. And that is, what is the one thing that you think every mother should outsource if she has the means to do so? Well, like you said, I'm not a mom yet. So the only experience I have with pregnancy, if you can outsource a surrogate, (laughs) that's the best answer I've ever heard. Honestly, if I could do it, I would do it. That's all I'm saying. You know, they do say you can have different pregnancies. The same person can have a different type of pregnancy. So if you do decide to do it, maybe the next one will be a nicer pregnancy, an easier one. I have heard that too. And that gives me a little bit of hope. Well, please plug yourself, plug your husband's company, business, everything. No shame. Oh man. Love it. Okay. Guys, come follow me over on big kid problems on Instagram. It's a laugh. It's a good time. My podcast is the big kid problems podcast. New podcast is bottle service. That is actually fun, especially if you are pregnant or know somebody who's pregnant because it follows weekly along with my pregnancy. And it's not just about my experience, but I give like information about each week of pregnancy as well. Husband's company, One Hope Wine. That's great. You can join the wine club and get like awesome curated bottles sent to your house. You can do monthly or you can do quarterly, but it's great, especially during a pandemic. If you don't want to, you know, make some extra trips to the grocery store, I'm like people like get wine delivered to your door. It's so simple. Yes. Those are all my plugs. Come hang out. Well, Sarah, thank Thank you you. so (laughs) much for taking the time out of your pregnancy and running 6,000 different businesses to come and chat with us. It was really fun. And you guys can catch us on her podcast, Bottle Service, as well. Call us Jack Hanna because we're going to get into some zoology. Is he still alive? I loved when he used to come on Letterman all the time. Yes, he is. And also, Jack Hanna has been the same age since we were little. Like, he's still that age and still a very handsome man. I was going to say, I am finding him animally attractive. Yes, he's got like a Tom Brokaw-y thing. He does. But he's aged better than Tom Brokaw. I mean, Tom Brokaw's like 90, so, you know. Here's some weird, wacky news from the animal kingdom. 
Kingdom. Okay, so this was inspired by a TikTok video. We have the link in our show notes to the TikTok video. We have all the other articles we're pulling from in this in our show notes. So make sure to check that if you want to. But basically in this video, she talks about how there is a place in Hawaii where you can give birth in the ocean and dolphins can be your midwives. Just this like blew my mind. This just sounds like the most excellent, magical, wonderful experience in the entire world to me. It also sounds like a terrible idea. And I was just like fucking fascinated. I sent it to Carrie and I was like, have you seen this? Firstly, I don't know if I've said this on the show. My family and I go to Hawaii every like other year or so. We haven't in a while because of COVID. I know there's a lot going on with Hawaii and that they don't want tourists and out of respect for the indigenous people and all of that. And I can understand that. But also I need to say that Hawaii is literally the most magical place I've ever been to in my life other than Disney World. But that's manufactured magic. And this is legitimate real magic. It just feels peaceful and beautiful. I've told you guys I wanted to have a water birth in my parents' house. My mom and my husband were not for it. Oh, and also for my 16th birthday, I got to swim with dolphins. That's all I wanted. I just need, before we go fully into this. Yes, yes. Because full disclosure, I have read, there's a dude, he wrote an autobiography about how he had a 15-year-long sexual relationship with a dolphin. What book? Okay, hold on. I just feel like something really heavy was sprung on me and my brain is slow today because I started working out, so it's just not there. So that's my first. So there is a guy who wrote a book about having a 15-year relationship with a dolphin. Yes. And evidently they're (laughs) kind of horny and they'll hump you. Yes. Okay, ready? Man had sex with a dolphin called Dolly and claimed, the man claimed that she seduced him. Well, I don't believe him. It was while he was working at a water park in Florida. Of course it was. And of course it was in Florida. His name is Mr. Brenner and he's a zoophile activist. If I've said it once, I'll say it again. Crazy shit always happens in Florida. Like me. Male dolphins have prehensile penises. That's the thing that hooks into you, right? Not like a goose where it's like a spiral thing. This, it's like a monkey's tail. Dolphins' penises can like grab you. So when I went to swim with the dolphins, they were like, all right, you know, just like- Watch out for the penis. They said like, don't rub too low. But they do all this shit. Like they have you- Because they thought you were going to like jerk them off? No, I think because it turns them on and to not bring their (laughs) penis out. I think it arouses them because at the end of the day, they're still animals. They do things where they have everyone hang on to a dock with one hand and then the dolphins like go person to person and give you a kiss. You hug and kiss the dolphin. So the whole time my ass is like as far away from this dolphin as it can possibly be because I don't want it to rub up on the dolphin in any wrong way and like I get grabbed by a dolphin dick. Doesn't that sound terrible? That's the shit of nightmares. Okay so apparently this video explains that there is a birthing center in Hawaii that you can go to and give birth in the ocean and the dolphins, there are like actual human midwives, but there are dolphins as well that help you bring your baby into the world. Are they wild dolphins or are they tame dolphins? I'm not sure. Do they have their midwife license and can I see it? <laughs> yeah. Are they doulas? Do they practice placenta encapsulation? Okay, so dolphins are obsessed, apparently, and that's in quotes, specifically in humans. Because sonar, they probably can hear your baby in there. I'm going to get into that, lady. 
Okay, so all these articles come from Newsweek, they come from Live Science, and they come from Healthline. Look, I did not get this from the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> I did not get this from fucking OAN. This is like, we checked our sources. Whether you think they're legit or not, you could go read the articles. We are just reporting what we read, okay? So dolphins are highly intelligent creatures, right? It is proven that they make cuttlefish recipes, which I didn't know, and that is fascinating to me. And they can recognize themselves in mirrors, and they have nicknames for their peers, and they fight sharks. They're incredible. They're incredible. Dolphins may be able to use echolocation to detect a developing fetus. So it's similar to like the imaging that doctors do when you're pregnant. But dolphins swim up to an expecting woman and they like put their cute little bottle nose up to your belly and they make buzzing noises on the belly. And that's how they like can see what's happening inside you. That's fucking crazy. They can perceive shapes through opaque barriers. What? That doesn't blow anyone else's mind. This is insane to me. I got to read you this whole paragraph from this Newsweek article. It says, one woman in Hawaii seemed to think so. It said they plan to rely on the unpaid and untrained help of dolphins to deliver their baby in the Pacific Ocean. The couple who live on Hawaii's big island and run a spiritual healing center had planned to employ their flippered midwife on the fly by showing up at the ocean once Rawson went into labor. For an added bonus, Rawson said that her baby would be able to speak dolphin, that's in quotes, as a result of the immediate exposure to animals. Listen, one time my best friend had sex with a drug dealer in (laughs) Jamaica. So my friend started to have a relationship with one of the Jamaican drug dealers while she was on her vacation. Smart choices across the board being made here. And she had sex with him in the ocean. He just jumped off his jet ski and then they had penetration. Oh my God. And she got one of the worst infections ever. Like, I don't think... What does this have to do with giving birth in the ocean? I think it has high infection risk. I'm saying, like, I wouldn't want to do anything medically in the ocean because there's bacteria and, like... I mean, I gotta tell you, anyone who does anything in, like, the ocean or the hot tub like sexually I've never understood it it seems painful in my opinion it's right. basically like salt in a wound isn't it like I have so many questions like first of all the Pacific Ocean very cold second of all very cold is she wearing a life preserver because I don't want to have to worry about swimming while that's happening right. dolphins right. don't come it's not like you're laying on a beach chair on the edge of the water I mean I think dolphins can swim in like waist deep water also just like I don't want to not know my GYN I would have liked to meet the dolphin before they're gonna <laughs> deliver my baby I mean call me conservative but I would like my dolphin to be trained when they deliver my baby. Yeah. Personally. Also, I'd like to know its name so that I can say, hey, Igor the dolphin. (laughs) So pioneering Russian midwife Igor Tcharkovsky, he began assisting births in the Black Sea, which also Also sounds- Also cold, very cold. Riddled disease. Things that I don't want in my vagina. In the Black Sea with dolphins that live there. Quote, some of the reported occurrences include a mother and a baby playing with the dolphins within 15 minutes of the birth. Another instance of a free dolphin escort a newborn human baby to the surface for its first breath. Also, may I just say, I remember telling my mother-in-law that I love this story. Matt and I were talking about water births and I was like, I want to have one. And my mother-in-law, I love that she said this, said, oh my God, don't do that. You're going to drown the baby. And I was like, it's not breathing while it's in me. It's in water. But I love that she said that. I could never do this for so many reasons. Just like Kristen Bell, I hate prune hands. And I was shocked because recently we were in the pool and we went to go visit Lee's family in Cleveland. Yeah. 
Yes, yes. The pool gloves or whatever the fuck weird shit. I swim with my hands up like this. And Lee goes, why are you swimming with your hands up like this? And I go, how could you have been with me for six years and not known that I have a fear of prune hands? And you guys have gone on like tropical vacations. You go to like Puerto Rico. I'm always like this. Or I hold a drink in the water so that my hands are up. I'm just like always raising the roof. I could never. I could never do this. Well, Sachikovsky, the the Russian doctor, claims that babies born in the ocean reach developmental milestones such as walking and talking six months ahead of babies born in regular settings. Six months earlier? So what is she going to talk when she comes out? Second of all, what is she trying to do? Talk dolphin? I don't know about this. I'm going to put everything to rest right now and tell you, do not do this. And these are the reasons why. There is a risk for both mom and child of drowning and of awful, it doesn't say what, it just says awful illness or infection. I passed out immediately afterwards. Yeah. The sea and all of its creatures have a wealth of potentially harmful bacteria and pathogens. Also, they are animals. Therefore, they are unpredictable. And also, sharks. Sharks! Let's not forget your... Basically a living chum bucket in the water, just like inviting sharks over to you. Don't do it. It's not a good idea. Well, there you have it. There's your disturbing, wild, wacky, animal baby news for your lifetime. Because we're probably not going to go into this shit again. And there you have it, guys. Yet another fantastic and educational episode of Momtourage. Hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. I know what mine is. All right, you want to go first because you put it in, but wasn't this already one of your swag bags? It was, but I got it for somebody, and this time I got it for myself. Got it, okay. Okay, guys, I've been telling you this. I have been on an organizing, cleaning, clearing out, fucking overdrive. This is all I want to do is make my house, like, clean and livable and not a mess. So I've been working on the basement. We just put in a treadmill and a TV. I've been doing it every day. We're doing, you know, like, really trying to make our house a healthy place. I bought the battery organizer I have told you guys about previously that I bought for my father and my father-in-law for Father's Day, I think last year. And I just need to tell you, it is the greatest $20 I have ever spent in my life. Firstly, it comes with a battery tester. So I went through a Ziploc baggie of batteries and made sure that there were ones in there that were worth keeping. And there were. Good on you. (laughs) There are designated holes for different size batteries. That's what the dolphin said, designated (laughs) holes. Dolphins like to stick its bottlenose in my battery holes too. (laughs) The nine volters, man. It is such a simple, stupid pleasure but instead of having like all these packs of batteries all over the place, it's just in one little case. Anytime I need a battery, I just pull the case out like I needed a new one for my key fob for my car and it was done. It is just really $20 well spent. Thank you, Amazon. Link is in our show notes. Get it, girl. Get it. I'm going to do an equally mundane thing, which is clear post-it notes. Oh, I've seen these. I think I saw TikTok about them. So I will reveal why I need them in another episode. I don't want to shoot my dolphin wad too quickly, but (laughs) I am back into studying clear post-it notes. My God, what an innovation. Have you actually been studying? That's it. Oh, wow. Good for you. So I'm here doing SEO shit and you're studying. We're just two upwardly mobile moms on the go. Just two ladies trying to juggle it all and Learn about dolphins. Can we have it all? No, because we can't have a dolphin birth because we're one and done. By the way, can I tell you yesterday, I had like a whole internal discussion with myself because, you know, I don't like to wake up early. I got on the treadmill around 10 and I was on there for like an hour and a half because I started half an episode of Atlanta. I didn't want to like stop a set halfway through another one. So I finished, you know, one and a half. And then I was like, oh my God, now I have to go upstairs and do my new face. Like I, how do people do everything in a day? And then I didn't have time to get any work done. I didn't 
even go pick my kid up. Like, how do people do all this? No wonder there's a franchise for women who don't work and spend all day trying to be as beautiful as possible. Because that's literally... It takes all day. It literally takes all day. I don't even get my nails done. I haven't had a wax in God knows how long. I haven't had my hair done in God knows how long. It would be a full-time job. Yeah. I bet you that dolphin doula doesn't mind whether your bikinis wax or not for your... Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's very into fuzz. Yeah. Just warm. Yeah. Oh, God. How do they feel about when you poop when you push? Someone's going to eat it in that ocean. So, So I'm from the Jersey Shore. I'm not saying my family members did this, but I learned this from my family members that were lifeguards. When you poop in the ocean, and lifeguards do it all the time, it's called an aqua dump. Oh. Well, does it float up to the top? Can they see it? Sometimes. I guess just the same as sometimes your poops are heavy and sometimes they're light. Here's a fun fact. If you have a pool and you invite me to it, I'm going to pee in it 100%. (laughs) I will not not pee in your pool. I will absolutely pee in any pool I am in. And Matt, every time I do it, I'll be like, man, I'm peeing. (laughs) And he'll be like, it's going to turn blue. And one day it's actually going to turn blue on me. And I'm going to be like, well, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) I peed. I feel great. There's nothing better than relieving yourself in the ocean. Another case for dolphin midwifery. Yeah, it's all all liquids. It's fine. Anyway, there you have it. You are 0.01% smarter because of today's episode. And it's knowledge you never needed. Maybe it's 7% dumber. Maybe it took away some (laughs) intelligence. We're not really sure. We killed brain cells. Bye! Bye! Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. 